Okay, let's have yous, yeah? Sober sex. So why sober sex? I got inspired for sober sex from very close friends of mine. And of course, being constantly reminded of the person I used to be. For 30 years, I have lived with the guilt and toxic shame of how I used to downgrade women to feed my ego. The endless of sleepless nights suffering with anxiety, thinking, what would girls think if they found out about all the drastic and outrageous things I've done under the influence? Does she know you're pissed in your mouth? Does she know you're shit in the bed? There are 2.8 million deaths per year from alcohol, most of them male. The vast majority of men think you need a drink to go out and pull women. But what have I told you? It's all in your head. I remember all the drunken nights I went out looking for women. Women was all that was on my mind. In fact, one night living in Barcelona, I was on the way home with a woman. Instead, I woke up in an ATM machine, projectile vomit. It was an old man that saved me. That is why sober fucking sex. So, it's like I live two lives, yeah? In the book I'm working on, I tell my story from who I used to be under the influence, suffering with mental illness, to sobriety, and who I am in recovery. Oscar was delusional to the problem he had, along with being delusional to his mental illness. He was blinded by drugs and blinded by ADHD and OCD. Nobody could see he was ill, not even him. Oscar was an obnoxious, self-centered, egotistic, arrogant and low-life little scumbag. I hate Oscar for all his sins and I'm constantly reminded of him every day. In fact, when I speak about Oscar, I want you to imagine if you've seen him on the street, you would spit in his face. Because I would. Now Glenn, try to listen with an open mind and give him the benefit of the doubt. He had his demons and he did suffer with mental illness. I know alcohol and addiction is no excuse. For any man's actions. Let me make one thing very clear. The Glenn that wants to become the maximum version of himself. The Glenn that was raised with two women and sober. Would have never done any of it. So okay. Let's start with Oscar yeah. Oscar the bleeding monster what? The addict. The first signs of the beast was not long after I started to become familiar with alcohol you know. Um, I remember messaging women. Come up to mine by midnight. And if you're not on time you'll never see me again. That's as far back as I can remember. All for what? The boys to call me a legend? Russell Brand says it best. Did you never think that deep down that girl might be a nice girl? That is someone's daughter. I know what I would do if it was my daughter. So, okay, let's kick it way back. Let us go way back to my time living in Cambodia. I became friends with these two kids from Brighton. Cool kids, players, legends, whatever. Every night was about taking women home. It was never enjoying ourselves. Fellowship of the flags. See how many flags we could get, like a pussy competition, the winner, the man with the most pussy from other countries. The worst part, my best friend flew all the way from Australia to see me, to surprise me, spend quality time and show me what he means to me. I remember him grabbing me, screaming at me, making a big scene. I couldn't understand why. You know why? Because I was so caught up in my own fucking ego. The alcohol and ADHD make me think I need to downgrade women to become a legend. My best friend flying all the way to Cambodia to see me. And I didn't give one single fuck about him. It was all about going out and bringing women home at 9pm. Sneaking back out and bringing more home. Only to blank them the next day. Trying it on with other people's girlfriends. You fucking name it. That much of a legend they christened me the big nasty. Because it was a nasty motherfucker. Pathetic. Delusional to addiction and mental illness. Not that it's an excuse. Or I'm proud of the pathetic person I used to be. The Oscar that I fucking despise. Friends flying all the way to Cambodia. To see me. Not that I gave a fuck. Destroying women's souls was all that mattered. You know, 
goes on. Summer 2016, Dawson City, the Yukon. We could talk about this shit for days. The monster continued. A little tiny ghost town is on the border of Alaska with 24 hours sunlight, the world's best kept secret. A place a bad person doesn't exist. Apart from me, of course. I remember one night taking a girl home and not having a fucking clue, not remembering jack shit, only until she walked into the bar in front of me. It wasn't the beautiful girl I took home with my eagle. She was bigger, a lot bigger. In fact, that bigger, I started bragging about how I was like fucking a Big Mac, making girls feel like ants. That's the type of behaviour. If I seen in a bar today, I'd be the first to stand up. I started seeing this innocent little diamond who looked after me, giving me all the energy in the world. I remember one night on my birthday, she kicked up murder over me flirting with another girl. I dragged her outside giving her a speech on who I am. I made her out to be crazy. Don't you dare confront me on my birthday. The one day I do what the fuck I want. Who the fuck did I think I was? You know what I mean? Everyone in the town warned about me, even her mother. I was delusional thinking, thinking everyone was out to get me. Yet using this innocent girl for sex. That's the type of person I used to be. The person I hate and could barely live with. And it makes you think I'm not the only one living with toxic shame. One night I took a girl home almost 10 years younger, filling her head with shite. While all the so-called friends clapped telling me how much of a legend I am. Where are those so-called friends now? Exactly. Anyway, apparently I went into the room next door and started urinating in my mouth. Apparently because I can't even fucking remember. But let me tell you, I will never be able to forget. I'm reminded every single day and I fucking hate it. Finally, summer 2017 was enough for me. I had a fuck enough. I almost lost myself in my mind. My life, pathetic and disturbed, is not the word. I have no words and nothing will ever take it back. Who even was I? Some sort of lunatic? Some sort of monster? Mental illness is a disease, along with addiction, and I've learned the hard way that mixing them together can be deadly. Nobody can see it until it's too late. It was not even a month ago, in which I was up all week not being able to sleep with anxiety. My grandmother would turn in a grave if she thought for one minute the way I carried on. As a party promoter for one of the biggest promotional companies in Barcelona, I had a hand it to me. VIP every night, unlimited drink. I could go out partying without a cent and drink like a rock star. I could also pick any girl in the crowd, drag her into VIP, feed her drink and feed her bullshit. 90% of the time I never made a home with them. It was always a bench. Beach, another city, and in this case an ATM machine. One night, a Belarusian looked model joined me on the pub crawl. She told me that if I... Do not get lucky by 4am, she'll take me home, suck my dick, etc. You know where I woke up, in a bleeding ATM machine, was sick all over me. How can a man have a model-like girl offering to take him home one minute, and the next wake up on a street? I will tell you how, alcohol and ADHD is no fucking joke. What really did it for me, the one night it all came crashing down, my boss and father-like figure begged me to go to Pasha. Five girls from Liverpool was asking was I making appearance, I could barely walk. My ass was stinning from drinking that much alcohol. Still, I couldn't say no. The Liverpoolians was waiting. I drank the finest Grey Goose vodka. All on the house. Again, they offered me back to the penthouse. I guess where I woke up? I ended up down an alleyway, masturbating, while I had an African prostitute bent over with a head. I don't find the one but funny. I cried myself to sleep. The first thing I done when I woke up was drink myself to death to hide the toxic shame. How the fuck can a man be going home to a penthouse with five women... Five women, woman, eh? And the next not remember anything. And we found him in an alleyway wanking. I will tell you exactly how. The man up that alleyway was very sick. He needed help. No matter how many people called him crazy, he insisted there was nothing wrong with him. 
that's exactly what ADHD and any other form of mental illness is. You can't see it until it's too late. All the stuff did happen. I'm not trying to be funny. Crazy. You're looking for attention. The real Glenn and the sober Glenn would have never done any of it. I've hated myself for years for all the scumbag stuff I've done. For a year and a half, I couldn't look at a girl in the face. I wouldn't say I was a sex addict. The problem was never me. The problem was mixing addiction with mental illness. Alcohol with ADHD. Using alcohol to escape the real world of how people see me and how people made me out to be crazy. You eliminate alcohol, there is no sex addiction. Okay, so let's talk about Glenn. I'm bleeding sick talking about Oscar. So you think you need a drink to pull women? You're wrong. In fact, you could not be any more wrong. It's all in your head. The best women, the most powerful women I was ever with was sober. The honest me, the real me, the no lies, no bullshit me. The one and only reason why my beautiful and outstanding girlfriend is laying in bed waiting on me is because I'm sober. Nobody wants a dickhead falling around the place drunk, projectile vomiting, looking down at everyone else. Real women want the real man. And only real men have sex sober. It's hard getting used to. It takes hard work. You can have all the excuses in the world. You can be insecure about spilling your beans too quick. You can sit there and cry all you want. Think you need alcohol to rave on the dance floor. But there's ways around everything. If you're embarrassed about not lasting long enough in bed, then pop over to YouTube and check out Kegel exercises. They work wonders for me. As for dancing, if it takes taking dancing lessons on the sly, then so be it. The first time I had sober sex, for fuck's sake, was like a bleeding virgin. I'm not even messing. Feeling her hair looking into her eyes. I didn't know where to look. I had that much of a drink problem. I didn't have sober sex for almost a decade. Sober sex is fucked up. It's bonkers. And the only way you'll ever be able to describe it, it's like bringing your ex-girlfriend to your grandmother's funeral. It's just not normal. You know? Um, so where where do we go from here? Um, went through a mad phase. Uh, a lot of girls would take on my energy and give me nothing back, trying to live in daylights out of me. Remember the first girl I was seeing sober? A drummer in New Zealand. You know, um... Everything was all peachy at first, until she drank to live in daylight out me. Wasting my time, wasting all the energy that I could have put into good use. Then there's this girl I ended up going home on a night out. I was messaging her on and off for a couple of weeks. I explained I don't drink. I ended up bumping into her on a night out. She had a few. She was well on, but she wasn't smashed. So I took her home. I ended up having steamy sex all night long. It was bonkers. The next morning the lift, she asked me, how was I so fresh? I told her. I just told you I don't bleed and drink. She looked at me like it was some sort of predator for taking home a girl that was drunk. Mind you, it didn't help that I rocked a see-through Mac in all whites, like American Psycho. That did it for me, you know. I struggled. I struggled to find myself. It was over a year. I couldn't connect with anyone. It wasn't for the love of trying. I was going on dates nearly every week. It just wasn't happening. It was either a case of I was playing counsellor for the girls suffering mental health. The girls were running wild when I expressed myself. Sober life is very different, and certainly the life I lived, I'm not going to take anyone home, just for the sake of it. I want someone to blow me away, make me feel like I walk on water, and if she doesn't come along, then I don't want to know. Simple. At one stage I thought I was gay, honestly. I was even handing out on gay bars and sober bars, trying to find myself, trying to come to terms with sobriety and sober sex. I knew one thing for sure, the second I touch alcohol is the second I stop searching for happiness. You know, then comes quite a sala. Let me tell you the story about Koya Bladen Sala. So I met this girl the day my grandmother left Earth. The day I finally stopped giving a fuck about the past. I came back from screaming and crying in the park. I had enough. I returned home to get help. And now I have to say goodbye to the only woman that understands me, my grandmother. I couldn't deal with it. Along with anxiety and depression, living in fear of constantly being reminded of who we used to be. 
I always had this negative energy, carrying this weight on my shoulders, hiding who I used to be, pretending I'm somebody else. My friends advised me that I was mental if I addressed the past. If I confessed to Koya about who I used to be, I couldn't deal with all the anxiety of how I used to treat women. I couldn't live with it. So I told her, everything from prostitutes to pissing in my mouth, you name it. The first thing Koya said, well, I never met the old Glenn. Why did I tell her everything? Honesty is the best policy. She deserves better than that. She deserves to know who I used to be. What if I never told her? And on a night out, people start addressing me for the past. How do you expect that girl to trust me? Living a lie, pretending to be somebody that I'm not. I'm not perfect. I made mistakes like every human. But it's in the past. It doesn't matter if I've done some fucked up shit. As long as I don't do it now. Now I'm invisible. And when people do come and try to address me for the past, I'll be able to sleep at night. Now they made mistakes like every other man. I'm blessed with the most open-minded girlfriend on the planet. The most positive bundle of joy. The rarest soul. She looked my imaginary best friend. She sticks by me no matter what. Now they made mistakes in the past. As long as they don't make them today. Only recently I was in the park. And a homeless man said to me. Jesus you're doing well for yourself. Referring to quiet. That's exactly it. It took me searching for my soul for almost 8 years all over the globe. To find out who I really am. It's not that I'm better than anyone. It's that I'm blessed that I didn't end up on the street with the road I went down. Blessed that I didn't die. And I'm blessed that I got all the answers to why I've done the things I've done. And how to use the tools to deal with them today. So, one in five people with ADHD suffer addiction, yeah? And do not know they suffer with addiction. Never mind now they have ADHD. Due to the stigma of mental illness being afraid to be special. Psychotherapy taught me that if I don't talk about the past and get it off my chest, it could be a dangerous place. The trauma could come back to haunt me. It could trigger something and bring me back to the old Glen. Sexual sobriety is important to me. And it's important to understand why I've done the things I've done. To learn to live with them today, you know? So, to anybody that's sober, keep fighting, you know? If you woke up sober today, then you're doing, doing awesome. Don't give up just yet. It's hard work going from pussy being handed to you on a plate to not having sex for the sake of it. Sober sex is very different. You don't go out to put women. You go out to enjoy yourself and have a ball. It's the little things that count. Like looking forward to a kebab train the way home. And meeting like-minded interesting people and having random conversations. People on the same level. You don't need drink to enjoy yourself. And you don't need drink to pull women. You need drink to pull stupid women. When I say stupid women, negative women that bring you down. The aim of sober sex is to let go of the past. These are my confessions. My life experience. And how we dealt with overcoming alcoholism and ADHD. I'm not proud of the things I've done. But speaking up may help one person. If one person relates, my job is done. It's perfectly fine to be living with a conscience of the past, as long as you don't let it affect you in the presence.